Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. It's another edition of Dr. Homebrew, the best show on the Brewing Network. I can say that uh, because uh, it, you know, whatever I say is true. You don't listen to any of the other shows at all? Um, Couldn't find one that's even a little One that's better than us? No. No, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It literally doesn't exist. This is the best show on the Brewing Network. I'm going to say it over and over again until someone believes it. Uh, we have a good show for you guys tonight. It is the it's apparently it's the stout hour because we have what do we have, Brian? I forget now. We have an imperial stout. Stout with booze and stout with extra more stout. Stout with booze and extra. We have uh, an imperial, imperial stout with. Uh, they're both imperial. They're both imperial stouts. Um, this one um, I believe has grog tags. No, maybe I don't know. Who knows? Um, whiskey bar- rye rye whiskey rye barrel whiskey aged barrel. Russian imperial stout. So we'll talk to the brewer of that and, uh, you know, figure out what else happened this label in that me. beer. <laughs> the There's some symbolism on here. <laughs> it's something. Um, devil beer. And then we have, yeah, an Imperial Stout, just a straight-up 20C Imperial Stout. Yeah. So uh, needless to say, we're going to get super hammered drinking Imperial Stouts all night. Well, we already um, judged them, so we're halfway there, and we're good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I can talk tonight. I'm just going to sit here and laugh a lot. And <laughs> I said, why risky earlier? And I was like, yeah. it's a why risky barrel that they've aged that in, right? You're already, let me just get your keys from you, Brian. I think uh, you got Thank a lot. You. Of, you got a lot of work to do. You got a lot of I water need them to, to drink. open the bottles. So leave <laughs> them here, please. This may right. be another night where I sleep on the Bart and wake up at the airport instead <laughs> of getting off at my station. So my wife doesn't like that. Uh, that happens. Does it happen frequently? Uh, I think I'm two for four. So <laughs> often enough. Too often, I guess. Uh, that's all right. It happens. I'm sure you're you're safe. And uh, you know, until you start coming home without your wallet, I think uh, that's when maybe we should, uh, or at least missing a kidney. Yeah. Yeah. I used to ride Bart late at night with, you know, an expensive guitar next to me all the time. I always like pick the seat where there's like a seat, in, like kind of a sideways seat right in front of it. And I could kind of jam it in there next to me and just kind of sleep on it, you know? Yeah. So I could protect it. Protector of the guitar. Uh, before we get too far afield here, I want to tell you guys, uh, well, I want to thank our fine sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about all the lovely products that they have to help you protect your beer. Look, man, you work real hard at making this beer, uh, and you want it to ferment properly. You don't want it to have any sort of contaminants or any issues or whatever. And the best way to do that is to use Five Star products. Fivestarchemicals.com. Star Sand. Uh, PBW, just that's that. What's that one-two punch, man? I was using that this weekend. Actually, I brewed or last weekend, I brewed. I brewed again on my Pico brew, so I rebrewed the uh, oatmeal stout. Put a yeah. little bit of Crystal Forty in there. Um, Listen to our bumped advice. up a little bit more instead of four and a half pounds of uh, base malt. I put five. Just you know, just tweak it out a little bit. See what happens, man. But, all this, um, all this talk about stouts reminds me of my friend Lee. 
<laughs> Yo, yeah, and so and you said when you were coming in the show, Dude, yeah, uh, on the way over here, you were actually listening to back issues of the show, yeah, this dumb a, show that we well, do. live stream, for, and we were listening to one for like, you know, almost three years ago, probably, or something, yeah. one of the earlier ones, and it's like, oh, man, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> we miss Lee. We We've do. been slithering along now for a year without him, and it's just... You know this this savory cast of characters that we invite to join us here. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I hope the listeners still enjoy the show, but we I all miss do, Lee, yeah. and uh, it's you know, I think uh, he he he'd want us to go on and keep keep on keeping on. And oh, but, for sure, uh, I'm sure he'd enjoy some of these stouts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we knew it would never be the same. Uh, but you know, look, uh, Keith, Kevin's doing a good job. And uh, Keith, who? <laughs> Keith Kevin, <laughs> Keith Kevin. Oh yeah, <laughs> from last show. Last he's show, like, yes. everyone just calls me Kevin. Kind of like Billy Bob. Yeah, maybe. Two first names. Yeah, it just ran together. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, we'll probably rotate it out here and there, and you get some more local people on. And uh, but yeah, you can't. You know, how do you replace a guy like Lee, man? Just uh, it's hard to do, and uh, that's not what we want to do. Definitely, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a new direction for the show, and you know, I think we're okay with that. He, I think we're doing all right. Act. And 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 he's you know his. Legacy will continue on as far as um, the the Barry Mashers did a sale of you know um, some you know his beer cellar and beer equipment stuff. I think they did some auctioning, yeah. and um, you know the family wanted to go that you know uh, at least some of that to go on to like uh, beer judge education, and I might be involved with some of that um, you know in the in the years to come. Uh, and my friend Dave Techum, who's like a mass a grandmaster to six billionth level. Um, judge so we might be doing some beer judging education stuff um thanks to to lee for and yeah and i think there, that. there's also an award uh i don't know if it's part of the, like the the california homebrew club of the year i think it's part of that or maybe it's just part of the last competition leg of that which is the california the northern california homebrew competition but there's an award every year for a judge who does goes above and beyond to educate people and just sort of represent homebrewing in a great way and it's called the lee shepherd award so i've had a, had a chance to proctor with lee and, and met him a bunch of times uh really great guy and yeah I, I miss him as well i don't know him as well as you guys did but every time i met him it was always a, it was really an honor yeah yeah he was a good dude uh Okay, now that we're all depressed properly. Moving on. Speaking of depressing, you, you have a very cloudy beer in front of you. It's juicy. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Track 7 uh, Pale Ale. The, the, I forget what it's called. Well, now you said their name. I Lowe can't talk shit name. about it. So uh, It looks great. I hope that it tastes well, as great as... You just don't like any beer that looks like this. I hope it tastes better than it looks. I'll just... <laughs> it <laughs> looks I'll like say a that. glass of orange juice almost. It's, yeah. Yeah, gravy. That actually does what look it, like gravy. It tastes good. So uh, a, right. a bad joke I had, you asked me to be a little bit weirder, and a bad joke I had, somebody once said, well, you don't, you know, on Facebook, I was complaining about IPAs that are, that look like that, and they're like, well, you don't, you don't drink with your eyes, and I said, well, you also don't have sex with your eyes, so, uh, <laughs> oh. but you don't want to, you know, have sex with something that looks like that, essentially. Like dirty so, dishwater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point. I never understood that either, because, I mean, you know, I, my comeback to that is, uh, go ask a chef how, how important plating and presentation is for, for the taste of the meal, uh, you know? You know what? The beer has good head, so there's that. <laughs> Very good. Um, no, hey, man, look, ultimately, you drink what you want, and that's, you know, that's kind of, that's, that's fine. Look, you, you do what you want to do, and uh, you'll never work again, or whatever the saying is. Is that the saying? No. 
Something like that. Okay. Drink the rainbow. That's my saying. Drink the rainbow. Drink a weird looking beer sometimes and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's okay. I, I mean, I do kind of rail on every on all those things a little too much. There can but, be, uh, yeah, there can be know, wonderful looking, horrible tasting beers and horrible looking, oh, wonderful tasting beers. Yeah, I'd rather have the latter. Yeah, and you know what, man? I had I had a cloudy beer here the other night, and I didn't know it was a cloudy beer at all. I had no idea. the the the, the beer list didn't say anything, um, and I couldn't do it. I actually had to return it. <laughs> After I was yeah. on the session, and I just I could not I couldn't do it. It tasted like chewing on a like a bine of hops. It was it was so <laughs> gross. I, I I could not finish half the pint. Yeah, I heard you talking to the manager here. Like, what, when are you gonna put a haziness factor on your on your menu here? On the just tell screens. people that it's fucking hazy. Tell yeah. <laughs> put it in the list. But but maybe people don't care. May, look, maybe I care too much about dumb they shit. They care more if and the that's tank totally is, fine. is full or empty. On that. Yeah, but I, I think the worst is when people actually want it to be hazy and they complain when it's not. And it's like, fuck that. Like, that's just, like, <laughs> why do you need to do that? Like, let's create a style that's really hazy. It looks like shit that, you know, let's throw flour in a beer that doesn't need flour. So what is that? As long as it tastes right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess. I don't know. I, I think if you really want to, um, sorry, I'm trying to get Neil on the phone here. Uh, if you really want to get uh, promote the style and promote this kind of new thing, then I think you should put that on your on your menu wherever you are, not just here, but anywhere. Like there's a. Um, Distance company access code is required. Number you have dialed. Who is she? Right. Uh, you know, like there's a beer on from a brewery I'm not going to name that's called um, Churro Beer. It's called Churro, huh. and, and it says cream ale underneath. Okay. And so I'm like, oh, hey, I look, dude, I like churros. Yeah, churro sounds good. Um, let me try that. And and one of the guys at the at the uh, one of the bartenders here was like, oh, well, you know, it's spiced, right? Well, no. How am I supposed to know? And he gave me a sample. And if I had a pint of it, I would have been pissed. Oh man, I can't get a hold of Neil for some reason. Neil, dude, if you're listening here, I'll send you an email. I can't uh, I can't dial you out. So you're gonna have to either Skype, uh, add me on Skype, or eight 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 four zero one two three three seven. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I, I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. I was like, this. I would have been pissed. I was like <laughs> lactose sugar and cinnamon, and I just. I, I would have been very, very upset. So Too I think much. if you're running, you know, you should tell people. Just tell. Just tell me, so I can be informed and be a, a hateful bastard on my own. It's easy to overspice a beer for sure. You can like something subtle. I could drink a pint of, but I'm, yeah, I don't really seek out. Intensely spiced beers, either. Like, well, also, when did lactose become part of a cream ale? I mean, that's taking the, the word cream right, ale yeah. and changing it to something else that it's not not what it's meant to be. It's not it's not Tennessee cream ale or Little Kings or something no. like that. What you're you're used to. And granted, they may not be the best beers, but you expect something when you hear cream ale. And right. Then they, oh, it's a lactose and it's on nitro, and then you're like, what the <laughs> well, hell is that? That's not cream ale. Welcome nope. to the West Coast, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, man. And you know what? Actually, speaking about beers and where you can find them. Uh, you know, we've talked about this before, but the, um, where did it go? Motherfucker. Every time, every time I try to do a show, things are not where they need to be. Uh, the free Abrew Guru app. You guys, have you guys seen what that can do for you? I'm sure you have it downloaded on your phone. I have it on my phone. I think it's great. It's built for homebrewers and beer lovers. The Brew Guru delivers sage brewing knowledge and money-saving deals at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew supply shops. It's pretty great. You just tie in your AHA membership number into the app. And then when you go to these places that gives you a discount, you're going to show them the app. Show them the phone you know, with your card. And you don't have to dig in your wallet and do all that kind of fun stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, it's a powerful mobile app. It's designed to help you and craft beer lovers like you explore the wide world of beer. Uh, you can effortlessly find deals and save money on beer, food, and brewing supplies. Uh, you can read a bunch of articles from Zymergy and, of course, the powerful brewery locator to find nearby breweries, temperance, beer bars, homebrew supply shops, and brew pubs, all giving that AHA discount. The lovely AHA discount. You can find it in the Android um, store or the Apple iPad store or whatever it is. Uh, but check it out also, this, homebrewassociation.org. Yeah. Supposedly there's a craft beer bar. I'm on the app right now. Uh, uh, close to here called the Hop Grenade. Never heard of it. 10% off all beer, draft, and bottles. That's, you know, it's 0.2 miles from here. I'm surprised I never heard of it. 0.2 miles. That's kind of, that's too or, far from you no, to go. No, 0.02. I'm sorry. Oh. It's very close. That's still too far from you to go. You can't walk around. <laughs> I wonder if that's like the front door. You can Uber it, man. <laughs> Uber everywhere. Okay, uh, let me take a break, and we'll try to get Neil on the line. Um... Uh, let me take this guy out here too. Yeah. All right. We'll try to get Neil on the line and we'll try to be drinking some stouts, man. Uh, it's Dr. Homebrew. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now, back to the examination. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. <laughs> Excuse me. While Bri Bri pours this beer, I want to tell you guys about our close personal friend, Nico Brew. Nico, who has been uh, a sponsor of the Brewing Network for eight years. Almost eight years now. It's a long time, dude. Yeah, man. It's a long time, that skirt-wearing... 
Anyway, I love Nico Brew. Nico Nico's a good dude. Uh, he has the hops you're looking for, from your standard recipe staples to those hard-to-find uh, hops. After eight years, they're still offering their famous $5 flat-rate shipping. And with their super-fast turnaround, you'll be brewing in no time. All of their hops are nitrogen-flushed and vacuum-sealed in Mylar packaging to make sure you get the freshest hops available, which is very important. you got to flush all that bullcrap out, all that oxygen. Uh, they even have commercial accounts available to pro-brewers and homebrew shops. So if you're either one of those, you can contact uh, Nico Brew and set you up with a little bit of deal here. And then coming soon, a complete line of pro-brewing equipment, custom-built fermenters, brew houses, you name it, mm. they're going to have it. Check out the new Nico Brew swag, like onesies, tees for toddlers, and even something for you grown-ups out there. Head over to NicoBrew.com today for all your hop needs. Also, they will rock your They will <coughs> rock your face beeping off, off the beeps, the, dude. Your <coughs> skull. They do that, that's for sure. Yep. Speaking of Nico Brew, we're doing lunch meat tomorrow. Oh, Anybody wow. listening live? Yeah, we're doing lunch meat. Uh, Nico is mainly the driving force. He was like a big sponsor of that show, so uh, that's his fault. If you like lunch meat, there you go. Uh, all right, uh, Neil cannot join us today for some reason, so we are just going to go ahead and throw his beer around. He's busy uh, playing guitar for the band Journey tonight. Yes. <laughs> um, this is, uh, he has a cool label. I wonder if it's a grog tag. I should probably try to pull it off. Uh, the Carpathian Rye Whiskey Barrel Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah, the label's really cool. It it's like pretty a badass label, dude. Let me see if I can not sure. put it on the camera. Uh, all right, Brian, you want to start us off with this uh, monster bomb, dude? 11.6%. Yeah. yeah, well, you can go higher on a on an Imperial, but hey, um, yeah, I, I looked at that after we tasted it, and I was like, well, I thought it was higher, a little higher, maybe. <laughs> oh, these are totally grog tags. Look at the, that. It uh, comes right off. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, the, right, the right whiskey comes through, you know, very nicely. It's not oh. overpowering. Um, it's, it's nice. And... Uh, it's rich and but still fairly smooth. It's a, there's a lot of kind of chocolate and fruit in here, uh, like lighter chocolate. The roast shines through a little bit um, over that, but it's not intense. I think you know sometimes roast can get a little bit dulled by the, by booze and and. You know, I think we might have Neil. Neil, is that you, buddy? That is Neil. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, man? Sorry about that. I don't know if I was fat fingering your phone number or not, but uh, it came in this weird number, so. <laughs> hey, no problem. Uh, glad you joined us. We are just uh, just started pouring your beers, and uh, Brian was uh, just in the middle of uh, describing them. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so uh, sorry, Brian. Go ahead, man. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that first part, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's got um, some, some smooth chocolate, a little, bit of, a little bit of roast in there in tandem. Um, no obvious hop. The esters, you know, the fermentation generated esters seem to be pretty much in check. There's a bit of kind of plumbing. plumbing prune in here with the uh, with the dark malts, but it's it's very clean. I didn't get any DMS or diacetyl. Uh, Appearance-wise, I don't know. How do you go wrong with a stout? It's like hard to make a stout sometimes. That you're not gonna, <laughs> especially an imperial where the head right. can fall flat anyway. Right. But you're not going to get full points for it unless you really muck it up. Um, it's a rich brownish black color. The, the head is pretty much brown. Um, fades quickly to kind of a tight, foamy collar, fine bubbles around the edge of the glass. The beer is nearly opaque here. You can see it's hard to tell the clarity, but it's, um, yeah, it's a pretty looking beer. Flavor-wise, I'm getting rich, rich malt, cocoa, and smooth booze. And again, some, some fruitiness, some raisin, plum, prune. 
So there's there's some definitely obvious alcohol here. I'm getting a Oop. little bit of heat. Yeah. Um, it tastes like a shot of whiskey in a way. It's it, it comes across like you're sipping a little bit of rye there, you know. It's kind of cool that way. The, the wood notes seem a little intense. They're a little high and strong, but it's still smooth. It's just uh, you get that, that rich alcohol all the way down the throat, and it finishes kind of medium sweet. It's it's not too dry, so there's the, the sweetness plays off it. But um, we were talking about this beer, too, and it's an interesting beer. It's got almost kind of a wine-like character to it. It's, it's pretty acidic, and... Um, you know, it's balanced to the malt and the booze. There's not a lot of hop counteracting anything, so it just comes across kind of, um, you know, a little bit of sweetness with some acidity and fruitiness. And it, it you know, um, Keith called it. It's, it's got a, a very wine-like character. Um, the wood and the, the vanilla is is lingering in the aftertaste with a little bit of the booze, but um, you know, it's an interesting flavored beer. So it's it's not. As intensely roasty as you might want an imperial stout to be, um, and some can be pretty intensely roasty, as, as we may find out later. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's there. Uh, Body-wise, it was pretty good. Medium full-bodied, you know, low astringency out of the way, slightly creamy, smooth. There's strong warming all the way to the back of the throat. It seems quite strong or a, a little bit hot. Maybe, but um, not insanely so. And the CO2 is kind of medium low and in check, which is nice because it's not driving those flavors too hard or making it, you know, it would be even more acidic if you had the CO2 too high. <laughs> Overall, I thought it was a pretty nicely brewed Imperial Stout. Very big, uh, but clean. It has a lot more, um, you know, maybe more more wood vanillins coming out than some of them, and it, it comes out more in the flavor than the aroma. And, um, you know, the booze isn't in too intense. I like that it's balanced with the, the style that's there. There's, there's enough sweetness to keep it interesting. Um, I, would, I would age it on the wood just a little bit less, maybe, maybe keep the booze a, about the same, and maybe find a way to bring up the roast a bit and, um, you know, cut down on the acidity somehow if you can. I don't know what the, the water profile you started with was, but um, – and it's not – you know, well, I don't know. It might be a, if you acidified your water, it might have gone a little too much that way. I don't know if you, you know, with this beer, you wouldn't really need to. <laughs> You'd want a more alkaline water. So if your water's more neutral, or you, know, you might want to adjust your water to get it to play better with all the the dark moss and have it have it uh, work a little better there. But it's an interesting beer. I liked it a lot. I, th- I gave it a 37. I thought it was very good. Cool. All right. Awesome. Keith, what do you think, man? It's your turn. Your turn to shine, buddy. <clears throat> Thanks. Uh, I'll I'll try to shine here, like the the supermoon, I guess, <laughs> or, or tortilla on a window, which I saw. I thought was pretty awesome. By <laughs> That's the way. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I got lots of oak. Um, to me, you know, as as Brian mentioned, I got a lot of red wine sort of character. Uh, I got the oak. I got um, some some dark cherries, some dark fruit there, some dark berries as well. Um, as it as it warmed, I got more of that rye whiskey. There is definitely some some roast notes, a little bit of chocolate. Uh, overall, though, very very clean, no hops. Um, but in terms of aroma, I, I enjoyed it. But it was uh, like I said, really reminiscent of a red wine, which I, I thought was interesting for the for the style. Um, but overall, I did enjoy that aroma. Um, you know, appearance. It as Brian mentions, it is very very dark black. Um, try to th- shine a flashlight through it. Couldn't really see it through it. There may be a little bit of haze, but that's really hard to detect. Um, big, big tan head. 
sticks around there for a while. Um, I don't I don't do it justice, like you know, with the collar sort of thing that Brian was talking about there a minute ago. But I uh, thought it was generally a very very uh, pretty beer. Lots of alcohol um, and flavor, dry, uh, and then that hint of tartness. And I think that also played up the wine characteristic with the, the um, low roast. Um, once again, cherries and berries, um, reminiscent of red wine all, all the way through for me. Um, maybe with a little bit of roast with it. Um, as it warmed, it got more of that, that rye character, um, some of the alcohol there from that too. But... Overall, uh, the the sweetness was probably balance wise. It was probably more toward the sweet and uh, less toward the hops. But overall, not not one way more than the other. But I thought that probably for the beer style would have more more sweetness, more roast, um, mouth feel, lots of warming, medium body. Seems a little low for the style. Uh, style calls for high to uh, very high body, and it was a little on the low side. Carbonation, medium, which is fine. Just a touch of astringency from the roast. A little bit of creaminess. And then a definite alcohol uh, uh, mouthfeel there sort of lasted. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed the beer. I just thought for an imperial stout, it was missing a few things in terms of roast and, and body. And just that sort of creaminess. Um, more to me, you know. Um, and then, you know, the barrel-aged stuff. I, I got some of the whiskey. I got some of the vanilla. Um, but the, the tartness was a little off uh, for the style. Um, tough thing to do, though, with Imperial Style, especially aging in oak. Um, you do tend to pick up, you know, the pH tends to drop, first of all, in, in a style, unless you, you know, as Brian mentioned, have your water profile. So, you're, you know, your mash is in five, you know, around, probably around 5.4, something along those range, that range. Um, and then, you know, you can tend to drop a little bit in the barrel as well. <clears throat> Very little oxidation, though. I was impressed by that. I didn't get any oxidation notes, um, but probably could, could age some more. You know, um, and maybe even aging would probably, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that would actually help. Now that I think about it, it would probably m make it a little more complex and and uh, like a little more sherry and like yeah. if, you know. But it's not gonna, you know. There's there's not like a ton of rose, so it's not that's not the problem here. It's more um, overall just sort of that tart cherry flavor, which really reminded me of sort of a cabernet. Uh, more than anything else, um, with a little bit of chocolate in it. So I don't know, in some ways thinking about eating like a, a little bit of chocolate while drinking Cabernet is what it reminded me of, which is something my, <laughs> yeah. my wife loves to do. So this would be like one of her favorite beers. Like, you know, <laughs> it's not bad. I think of, it's but, all in one glass now. Yeah. That's not, yeah, yeah it's not what bad. I get that. What did you give it? I gave it a 30 and yeah. not that I didn't like it. It was more just that thought for the style. It was a little, a little off. It needs a little adjustment. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, what do you think, Neil? Do you have any questions for these guys? No, I mean, uh, uh, I, I kind of get the uh, the uh, the acidity, uh, and the interesting mm -hmm. thing about this beer is that yeah, I built the water from distilled, and the mash pH uh, was five four. Dead nuts on. Yeah, you guys are right about that barrel. It, it, the barrel definitely dropped the pH yeah. quite a bit. It was a very wet barrel, and it was only in there for about seventy two hours. Um, but it's been oh, in the bottle for fourteen months. The beer is almost a year and a half old, so it's definitely got a lot of age on it at this point. Okay. Um, and it, I mean, it's 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 been doing pretty well. Um, it, I've had it in a few comps, uh, and it hasn't done any lower than a thirty-nine uh, to this point. So I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, I would be too. Yeah, it's it's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I give it high high thirties myself. It's it's as it's aging. I think I would drink 
more of it now and i think as it's aging you're going to get more of that the fruitiness is going to come through more and you know the wood's going to kind of stay there but the roast is going to fade a little bit so i would i would just um keep drinking it and enjoy it it's and the, the label's really cool man i like the label a lot yeah you're freaking brian out with that label <laughs> yeah that's, i think that's part of the fun for me i like to i like to kind of to tinker around with the labors labels but yeah it's a good, it's a good time Cool. Awesome. Cool. Well, then we'll let you go, man. I appreciate you sending us beer. Thank you very much. Hey, no problem. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, for sure. Have a good night, man. All right. All right. Take care, guys. Later. Yeah, I like the you know the the specificity of the. It's not just whiskey, but it's you know it's definitely a rye whiskey. It's got like a little spiciness to it. That's kind of cool. I really like. I really liked the beer. Um, but yeah, it's it's with that much H on it. It's surprising that we're not getting more sherry like. And then it's just the fruitiness that's coming out more as it's as it's going along. Yeah, what 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 would make that not happen as it were? Not having oxygen. Yeah, doing yeah. a really good, really good job of he bottling and keeping control. Of the, you know, and he said seventy two hours, which a lot of times in in a barrel like that, you're going to have a lot of oxygen interaction. And especially, I'm not sure. We should ask them what size the barrel was, but obviously, the smaller mm. the barrel, the more. The bear, the beer, not surface the bear. area ratio. Surface area ratio contact is yeah, a lot. Changes a lot. So, like you know, fifty-five gallon barrel, you have a lot of beer in the middle and just a little bit of beer on the outside touching the barrel. Not a little yeah. bit, but you know what I mean. But like less. versus yeah. less exactly Compared versus like a five gallon barrel or a fifteen gallon barrel. Um, so I wish we would have asked him about that. But seven, he said seventy-two hours, right? So that wasn't a. It doesn't a seem long, like a lot. Like like yeah. almost. Why even bother? You might as well just pour some uh, rye whiskey into the super the fresh beer. wet barrel. But yeah. he still got a lot of wood out of it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah maybe totally. it was a smaller barrel, like a fifteen gallon <clears throat> or something. Well, I wonder if it was, was just. I mean, if it's super wet, it's probably just all the the barrel character from the whiskey that's left in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's some barrel that 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 initial char. We also but, didn't ask him about his recipe. No, we didn't. We're bad at that kind of. I want to kind of go. I want to go back to that. I think that was really informative for people, like how how they build their their recipes like that. Yeah, we'll we'll make a note. We're, we're talking to. I think we're to, who are we talking to next? We're talking to Michael. Michael. So maybe we'll we'll talk to Michael about that. Uh, okay, let's take a break. We'll get Michael on the phone, um, and then we'll be. Um, I don't know. We'll be right back. I guess right. Drinking some more beers. Doctor Homebrew. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star treatment today. Admitted. 
Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button. Improve repeatability and refine your recipes with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of home brewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of home brewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Before we get to Michael, I want to remind you guys about uh, the new beer that Deschutes Brewing has out called Armory Experimental Pale Ale. It comes in at 5.9 ABV and 55 IBUs. Each round of Armory will be brewed with a different experimental hop. This batch is hopped with Nugget, Northern Brewer, Cascade, Centennial, and Experimental Hop Number 07270. Which, uh, you know, look, if that goes to market, it's not going to be called that. But, uh, you know, the numbers are cool, man. I like, uh, you know, I like hearing that kind of stuff. Will they let us name it? Like, if, you know, they're sponsoring they should. the show. They should. We, should. we can go up with a cool name. Hoppy McHoppy Face or something. Uh, to celebrate, Deschutes is giving away a trip to their experimental hop farm up in Oregon. Simply snap a photo of you enjoying their new Armory XPA and share it on Instagram or Twitter using hashtag Armory XPA and at Deschutes Beer. you got to tag them or else they're probably not going to see it. For more info, head to DeschutesBrewery.com slash XPA. It is a really good beer. We've had it here before. Um, I enjoy it. I think I think it's a pretty solid Pacific Northwest IPA with a kind of a fresh twist with that experimental hop. It's pretty yeah. good. I like yeah, the it. shoots is cool. I remember going up there in Bend when it was just like they were just doing their first expansion like a long time ago. They're like way bigger than that now, but yeah, cool place. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's get Michael on the phone. While we do that, uh, you want to pour his beers there, friend? Yeah, we got a swing top bottle here. Just, all right. There you go. Michael, are you with us? Yes, sir. All right. How you doing, man? Good. How about yourself? Perfect. Sitting in the studio drinking beer, man. It's, uh, it's a pretty good life. Awesome. Imperial stouts <laughs> all day. So, uh, yeah, so you have an imperial stout, huh? Have you, have you brewed this style before? Is this your first shot? This is my first shot. Nice. How long have you been homebrewing? A um, couple years, but really inconsistent. This was only my eighth beer that i've ever made so it is an extract batch with some steeping grains okay that's cool. fine man that's fine you got to learn somehow so man i think with these bigger beers you know like barley wines and pure stouts and stuff you can get away with uh um using the extract and especially with a stout like the, there's so much else the specialty grains are what it's all about and the base malt okay you know you're not gonna detect too much of like whoa was it maris otter or uh us two row or or some simple extract under there you know yeah that's cool. Uh, all right. Keith, you want to start with this uh, lovely beer here, man? Love to. Okay. Uh, on the aroma, I get some chocolate notes, uh, 
rich, sweet, just a touch of coffee, light alcohol, a a note of soy sauce, um, hops, not really picking up much in the way of hops, otherwise very clean fermentation, some caramel and prunes, and as it warmed, I got maybe just a light oxidation sherry notes, but not, not over the top there. Appearance-wise, black with highlights, just highlights of ruby when held up to the light. Probably not really opaque, but fairly close to that. Um, medium tan head. Some some legs there uh, with that. Flavor-wise, uh, got a big roast flavor. Probably more than I anticipated from the uh, aroma. Yeah. The aroma, I was thinking more yeah. of like a chocolate. Uh, maybe like a dark chocolate. I got a lot of roast uh, somewhere falling in between, maybe like a, 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 a semi-sweet dark chocolate to almost just a just dark, you know, bitter cocoa, unsweetened cocoa uh, flavor. Um, not much hop flavor, um, but some bitterness there, lacking really in terms of sweetness. So the balance goes also the bitterness, and I think that's a combination of both the the hops and the dark malt. So the balance is really more toward the the bitter side than the sweet side. A little bit of car- uh, caramel character, some toast. Um, for me, I guess the flavor-wise, I'd say it's a little sharp for the for the the style. Medium full in body, uh, a little lighter than I would expect for the style. Uh, alcohol warming is medium high, not really. Not, it's not a hot mess. It's one of the favorite things uh, that Brian and I saw today in the guidelines. It says it should not be a hot mess. <laughs> so this beer does not. Uh, equal hot mess so that that that's definitely a good <laughs> not thing. quite there yet huh? <laughs> uh carbonation is medium it's fine for style um little lacking in creaminess uh you know it's a big thing for the style is that you want to see some creaminess uh didn't really pick up much of that um so overall i thought it was really actually well well fermented uh, clean um thought it was a little on the the higher end for roast and hops and alcohol i guess alcohol were kind of kind of there in the middle i think beer we just had a minute ago we, we just tasted and made it made it this taste a little less alcoholic but i still thought it was a little it tasted a little hot but maybe not now and then the more that i think about it um love to see more creaminess maybe uh now that i find out it's an extract it's kind of hard to do but love to see some uh you know for an all-grain version of this see some uh flaked barley maybe some oatmeal something like that to sort of give you a little more of that that creaminess there and love to see some more body as well in in the beer you could do a big mini mash or something you know get Definitely. a big uh you know. all right yeah, and and overall, I thought it, it, you know it wasn't to me it was like a little bit short of being astringent, but it was on the borderline there. So I'd love to see a little more sweetness and a little less uh, roast, or even maybe a little sweetness to sort of balance that out. Overall, I gave it a, a thirty-three. All right, yeah, Brian, go for it. Uh, rich, yeah, rich roasty malt up front in the nose. Um, Lightly ashy, but not insane. Uh, clean alcohol, obvious. Uh, I don't know how much, but um, what is the ABV on this one here, Michael? Um, it came in about 9.5. Okay. Well, that's that's nice, yeah. That's pretty decent. Um, is that the low end for that, or what is that? It's it's toward the lower end. It's not, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a uh, old Rasputin kind of level. Oh, okay. You know, okay. they can go up from there, but uh, you don't need to. You can get a nice <laughs> 9%er and have, it, <laughs> right. have, a, have the richness you want. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of coffee-like in here and some, you know, very dark chocolate. 
in the aromas. Um, no obvious hop, no no diacetyl DMS. It seems cleanly brewed. Um, fruity esters are kind of medium. It's, it, it was a really inviting aroma. I liked the aroma a lot. Uh, Appearance-wise, deep, again, brownish-black color with a light brown head. It sticks around pretty well. Uh, mostly finer bubbles and, uh, yeah, nearly opaque, as Keith mentioned. Um, and, and, again, in the flavor, I just, it's, it surprised me, too. Like, it seemed to with, with, with Keith as well. Just um, it erupts with this big roast and ash right up front. It's somewhat a burnt chocolate flavor. Yeah. And like a strong brewed coffee thing alongside that. And that's kind of all you get. The The bitterness attacks pretty intensely with all of that. Uh, and it's malt, not really hop. You know, it's, it's covering up any of the pleasant dark fruit notes that I'd like to sense more of. Um, they're probably there, but it seems like they're getting... Um, they're poking out a little bit, but they're just getting covered up. And it's it finishes fairly dry. So, you know, beneath all that roast and ash and with the dry finish, it's not playing quite the way I'd like it to. I want just a little more sweetness and I want a little more uh, middle malts and, and, and warm chocolates, not the dark burnt stuff. But the flavor was surprising. It's not, it's not bad. These are kind of fine points, but it's just off balance to me. Um, but it's very flavorful. <laughs> um, so mouthfeel-wise, it's full-bodied with, with firmly, it seemed like high carbonation. That might be part of what's driving all that uh, flavor, adding to the bite of the beer. Um, and so you, I don't know if, if, if you were overcompensating, if it was like a keg fill and you were, you were doing a bottle fill with a little extra carbonation to get it. So it would be right when it hit lands here. But also there was, there was also kind of creeping up you know, um, bubbles inside the bottle and and foamy, frothy stuff, and almost maybe a chunk, a chunk or two. But um, it's yeah, there's it's pretty carbonated inside the bottle. Maybe more so than when it left your house. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe it was still going. But um, you know, otherwise, it's, there's some obvious warmth in there. It's not too harsh. It's smooth and clean. Um, the beer is very drying on the tongue. Is what I found. It's not not as creamy smooth as I want it. Um, so echoing a lot of what Keith said. Um, so the stringency is kind of, it's not insane. It's out of the way, kind of medium low. Uh, you get always, you can always get a little bit of that when you're using the dark malts. Uh, it's mm-hmm. hard to keep it super clear and smooth, but yeah. So, okay. Not that, uh, you know, Imperial Stouts are meant to be subtle, but, uh, wow. <laughs> There's a lot to chew on here. It's, it's the richer, roastier side of the beast. You know, it's the malt, uh, richness and, um, the, the you know, the darkest flavors waning out over everything else. Um, just uh, almost smoky and a little campfire like. You know, it's I, I won't call it a hot mess either. It's it's a nice beer. It's still quite well brewed. Technique wise, it seems like you're doing a lot of things right. It's very drinkable. It's just uh, more of a balanced thing to me. Um, you want to back off those darkest malts, bring up the middle, uh, the warm chocolates, and and. Uh, and let that fruitiness shine through. Maybe if you can get it to finish a little sweeter, that's going to help this beer a lot. So I gave it a 33 as well. Um, I really liked it, and it's very drinkable. I could I could sip a lot of this and absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're enjoying it. Yeah. So just a little too much on the on the the steeping the steeping Mostly grains balanced, a little mash. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the grains that were steeped. I don't know. You can pull them out earlier, like before. I would if you're steeping grains. I would you know definitely pull them out before you get to 170. And don't don't um, 
squish the bag to get all the stuff out of there, you know. Like, oh, well, hey, all this, this is all the flavor in here. I'm going to squeeze it and, and twist it and, you know, push it all out of there. No, you don't want to do that. You just get harshness. And, again, it wasn't too astringent, so I don't think that was probably the case here. But probably just too much of it. But like you said, yeah. said, you do a little mini mash with some flaked barley or something in there, and some and and some more. Just some middle, just some middle palate creaminess, and, and maybe a light caramel, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, give it give it a little more in the middle. Okay, uh, Michael, do you want to go through the recipe real quick since we failed on Neil's uh, beer? <laughs> sure. So. Um, I did eight pounds of a liquid malt extract, two pounds of two row pale malt, two pounds of amber, one and a quarter of roast barley, and one and a quarter of carafa three. One and a quarter and pounds of each of those? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you have and two rows. So you could you could throw in some flake yeah, barley with that same recipe. You don't have to really adjust anything. You, you had a mash going there, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I steeped it at uh, 150 for about 45 minutes. Okay, cool. Or you could just go to all grain too. You know, <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, you're pretty much doing it. I mean, almost there. Yeah. You know, you're you're, right. you're looking at as extract, but uh, you're look you're you're doing more of a grain with extract added rather than extract with grain added. I would think, especially because you got that two row in there. That's surprising. It's well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's letting someone else have the control of the. You know, you have control of what you're mashing in, in there, and yeah. it. When I do uh, a big beer like this, I uh, um, with extract, I do like to steep a big, you know, uh, pale malt in there. If I'm making a big barley wine, I just want to do something quick. I'll, I'll, um, you know, I'll do a lot uh, along with the extract a big mini mash inside, you know, uh, or a big, you know, drop a big sack into your kettle. Basically, is what you want to do. Um, so yeah, sounds like you did, and that part worked fine. Yeah. Uh, do you have any questions for the guys, Michael? Um, I mean, I guess you kind of answered some of them. It was just how to make this beer better and to make sure that what I was doing with the yeast was all right. Cause this is the first time I repitched a batch of yeast. Um, yeah. okay. it was one that I repitched from, I did a hazelnut brown nectar clone from Rogue. There you go. Just took the, um, yeast cake from that and... Uh, used it to brew this one, so as was long as my ferment was all right. <laughs> pretty quick turnover from the first beer to the second. Yeah, I mean it was like three days. <laughs> and the first wow. beer was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. No, I thought everything was great That's in terms good, of fermentation. Yeah, yeah right. Any problems at all there? Great way to do that. Yeah, for a big beer like this. You don't have to buy six packets of yeast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, so so when Michael said his grain build, is there anything he can adjust on the dark malt side? You know, we well, mentioned the, taking some down, but yeah, what, the, what would he take down of those two? All the amber malt in there was interesting, and the, all the, the carafa and the, um, the roast. It seemed like mm-hmm. a lot for five gallons. I, I would like a little, you know, maybe something more sweetness. You know, maybe the first thing you said, like you said, like chocolate, chocolate. like <laughs> even some pale chocolate or, or yeah, other types chocolate. of chocolate. And then just even some dark crystal would be nice there, too, to kind of create a, a layers of complexity. And Imperial Styles tend to have a, a lot of layers of complexity. And this seemed a little bit sort of two-note sort of thing going on. And I think, you know, adding some, like, maybe 145 or whatever, extra dark crystal, and maybe even some, like, dark crystal and, and, and sort of layering those flavors in. And then even maybe thinking about, you know, a, a touch of 
special B or something like that. Just getting a lot of different flavors there, a lot of the mid-range sort of flavors in a, in a style. You don't want to overkill. You don't want to have it be just, a, you know, you kitchen sort sink. Of, yeah. yeah, kitchen sink. You got to play with it a little bit and sort of figure out what works for you. But I would definitely, first of all, think about throwing some chocolate and then some dark crystal would be the things I would think about adding to right away. Yeah, when you're at the homebrew shop too, just you know, dig into some of the grain bins, taste some different grains, and see what you think might work in your in your beer. Yeah, uh, too. It's definitely kind of fun to do that. You know, uh, a number of years ago, we had Colin Kaminsky on from uh, Downtown Joe's. And uh, he mentioned this uh, hundred grain recipe thing that he does, where he'll take the percentage of his grains, and you know, so if his if his malt bill's like eighty percent two row, he'll have eighty grains of two row, and then if his malt, if like the you know yeah. crystal malt is like ten percent, he'll have ten grains of cool. that and whatever, and you just put it all in your mouth and chew it up for like five minutes. And he goes, it's not perfect, but it gives you kind of a sense of what your recipe is going to be. And I'm like, wow, I like that. that's pretty cool, man. I've done it a couple of times. I think, I mean, I don't know if it came out, <laughs> but yeah. it was a cool experiment. So maybe you can try that as just kind of a, a cheater way when you're at the shop to uh, to get a meal in and then uh, to, <laughs> to figure out what your recipe is going to taste that's like. It's like mixing jelly bellies to get like a drink flavor or something. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to do a little bit of that with decoctions where I would chew up some of the grain and then spit a third of it into a little cup and then throw it in the microwave and cook it and then put it back in my mouth to try to get that decoction flavor. <laughs> that's what I would do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing, Michael, that you could do would be with the, the, the base malt, instead of the U.S. 2 you could try some Maris Otter or something that's going to give you a little fuller, more flavorful malt um, backbone in there, too. But also just keeping it from drying out so much, you know, and if you, if you steep it at a little higher temperature, I think you said you did 150 for 45 minutes, take it up to 156 yeah. or 157 or, you know. If the base, if the extract that you're getting is just drying out to nothing anyway, then then go you know, on the higher end. If you know if you just need a little more sweetness, go in between. But yeah, yeah this beer went from 1090 to 1018. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's that's not too bad. Wow, it's a pretty, I think pretty good imperial, drop. But. My imperial styles tend to say a little bit higher than that for some reason. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, interesting. Awesome. Well, uh, if that's it, Michael, we'll let you go. Yeah, thank you guys. Cool. Yeah, Thanks thank so you, much, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing. All right, man. All right, take care. All right, you too. Later. Cool. <clears throat> Good beer. I like it. Uh, so, okay, let's go back real fast to Neil because uh, in his notes here, uh, my little form that I have everyone send out, he did put down his okay his thing. So if we can remember that real fast. Uh, he says, this is the second beer that I have ever brewed. It wow. was yeah. It was brewed as an all grain, uh, as an all first runnings no sparge beer. Two mashes. I see. I just hold on. A second. Oh yeah, two mashes combined for a six gallon batch. This was done to accentuate the multi character of the beer. Cane sugar was added to primary fermentation to dry the beer out. Following primary fermentation, the beer was transferred to the whiskey barrel for 72 hours. He told us about that on the air. Uh, it was then bottled with cane sugar and champagne yeast as the ABV was too high for the London Ale yeast to reliably carbonate the beer. It's been selling for about 12 months. Details are below. Um, he says, hopefully it's more than you would need. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. um, Thanks. So fermented with WLP 013 London Ale. Uh, batch size, yeah, six gallons. Original gravity, 1095. Final was 1020. Um, he mashed for 60 minutes at 150. No mash out. Mash pH was 5.4, he mentioned. Uh, boil time, 60 minutes. Blah, blah, blah. Ingredients. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Floor malted Glen Eagles Mare's Otter from Crisp at nice. 72.5%. Uh, 
black barley from Crisp that, at 750L. That's uh, 1.7 pounds or 6%. Black patent malt, 3.9%. Uh, Chocolate malt, 3.9%. Brown malt, 65L, was 2.3%. Crystal 40 at 2.3%. Crystal dark, 77, was at 1.8%. And then cane sugar was 7.3% uh, of the grain bill. Yeah. That's interesting. See, like, yeah. so you have two very different beers side by side. Yeah. One has um, a lot of different malts playing against each other and almost, you know, maybe bordering on that the kitchen sink thing, but like still, I mean, quality malts, that crisp stuff in there, really good, you know, um, trying to fill out that flavor profile to where it's um, shining through with a lot of different flavors. And, and the, you know, the roast, I think earlier on, like, I, eight months ago or something was probably at a perfect level, you know, and, and playing yeah. off everything else that was there. Um, so, you know, but it, it's not oxidized, so it won't decline too badly. It's probably just going to get more wine-like and and um, smoother even. So it's probably going to become even more interesting, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he but. said he built his water from scratch. Speaking of that, people people who love uh, building water from scratch are going to love the iDip. It's uh, made by the guys at Smart Water. The Smart Water Testing Kit, uh, excuse me, the Smart Brew Water Testing Kit. My brain is trying to read too quickly. It incorporates a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and only one on the market with its own app. It's for home or commercial use because we all know it takes great water to make great beer. We've been tasting it all night. The only meter on the market that runs a water test with no math needed on your part. So if you're a big dummy like me, uh, you're going to love the iDip, man, for sure. Uh, it's uh, the first handheld water tester that has its own app. It pairs via Bluetooth and updates your water results to the app on, the, on your phone, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can email the results of your water test to the rest of your brewer team or post on your Facebook page on your home brew club. Get the lowdown on your base water profile. You can uh, test over 40 different water quality tests. Four come preloaded, but you can test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH sulfate, and more with only using four milliliters of water for each test, which is yeah. pretty cool. It's really cool. You know what? We, I was brewing with a buddy of mine at, uh, we made a celebration ale clone, and um, I brought my iDip over and he had just installed some water filtration to his garage. He has a different, like, softening system going to his house. So he's got, like, you know, nice brewing water for his garage. And, he, you know, instantly hot, too, in his, in, his, in his hot water tank. So he can just, like, get his mash going right away almost. Oh, wow. And, like, it's really cool. But the coolest thing was just knowing where we were at and being mm -hmm. able to adjust um, from where we were to where we wanted to be just like that. And it was like, you know, that's really cool. 10 minutes to test it or whatever it was to, yeah, cause, to, to get the full water profile. Just know exactly where we were at. Cause you can get your, 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 your County water, your municipal water yeah. test, but that's every six months. You never that know changes. what they're flowing right then. Yeah. You want to know what it is right there, especially if you're building from scratch. If you want to build your water profile, the IDIP's the only way to do it in my opinion. Uh, yeah, so check it out. Anyway, you can go to a smartbrewkit.com, use the code TBN10 at checkout, and you'll save 10 bucks on either the standard or advanced smart brew testing kit. Smart, uh, smartbrewkit.com. Okay, let's give away some stuff. All right, what do we got? Well, uh, what do we have? We have our standard... Uh, we have our $40 uh, gift certificate from GrogTag. The $40 at least your beer will look good. Gift a certificate. I think that's going to the only beer that came in without a grog tag on it, so that's probably appropriate, right? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. So Michael, so Michael, there you go, forty bucks. 
to to uh, to spend at Grog Tag. Check them out. They have tap handles too, man. If you're into a, if you're into the whole tapping thing. Um, so then that means uh, Neil wins the a beer bug. Our good friends at awesome. Beer Bug are, are are giving Neil a beer bug. It's a it, you guys. We've talked about the beer bug before. It's a really cool system. It sits on top of your carboy. It connects via uh, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, or whatever the technical term is, um, and it has an app as well. And you can check out exactly what's going on with your beer at any given time. You know when it's kicking off. You know when the, the fermentation is dying down. Uh, this is great for all kinds of beer styles, man. If you if you're kind of one of those people that, that adds sugar additions to your beers, if you're one of those people who's who's uh, wants to stop the fermentation at a certain time, if you're making a cider, making a mead, uh, the beer bug is the best way to do it. Check it out, beerbug.com. Fermentation stuck, you know, it's not right. Stock fermentation, man. No more rushing home. You know how many people we've talked to on this show alone who tell us about their, their fermentation schedule and they have to rush home at work? They have the luxury of being able to do that in their lunch hour. You don't have to do that anymore. Beer they bug. lost their beer job bug. because they, they lost home. their job. They didn't have the beer yeah. bug. Beer bug saving jobs since uh, you know yeah. what two thousand. The only thing that it doesn't do, I've noticed, it won't mate with other beer bugs and create like a bunch of them running around your house. Well, no, it's like Jurassic Park. They're they're only females because otherwise, oh, yeah. you know what I mean. Gotcha. Then there's no business be anymore. Yeah, there's right. no business anymore. Yeah. If you have all female, you know, and male and female yeah. beer bugs together, then you won't have a business to sell beer bugs anymore because they'll just be everywhere. They'll be reproducing on their own, and nobody needs that nobody needs all the beer bugs just just one or two or three or four or five maybe ten yeah. depends on on how crazy you get you don't want to have to call the exterminator <laughs> i mean i'd love to try one of those on meads i think that sounds like a really awesome sort of uh you know really good for meads yeah for sure yeah awesome man well maybe we'll uh maybe we'll hook you up with it with the bn one yeah. if uh, if we can pry it out of brian's hands yeah um, I think that's it. I'm playing the outro music, so I hope that's it. Did we cover everything, Brian? Did we? We did all the beers. We gave all the prizes away. All the stouts. Yeah. We did both of the stouts. Uh, about the H A I dip beer bug. All the fun stuff, right? Five star. Nico. Five star. So Neil got the grog tag. No, Neil got. No, Michael got the grog tag. Michael Neil got, got the beer bug. Yep. Nice work. Michael got some grog tags. Perfect. I love giving stuff away. It's fun. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, of course, to my co-host, Brian and Kyle Keith. Kevin? I don't, think two, like, two Ks. Two Ks. Drop it to two Ks. Yeah. Just two? Yeah. Well, we were giving you a so prize. Enough. We're this, giving you a raise, days, man. We gotta, yeah, avoid that, <laughs> those connotations these days. Uh, all right, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, if you're listening live, and why wouldn't you be, uh, we're going to be starting another show in about five minutes. Otherwise, if you're listening to the podcast, you're going to have to wait a couple weeks. Sorry. All right. Have a good night, everyone. We'll see you next good time night. on Dr. Homebrew.